Well, I want to I talk to you tonight about uh, protecting the seed and turn to Mark chapter 4. We may not get out of Mark. Uh, usually we jump to a lot of different scriptures. Uh, but I want to I teach tonight, and uh, as I was studying and preparing, you know, it's, this is going to build on what we taught the last two weeks. I always love at the beginning of a year to start a new year, to start with, with things from the, uh, the Word of God, but build a vision, build a goals, and, and kind of set things up for the coming year. And You may not be accustomed to doing that, but I, I hope you are. And no matter how old you are or how young you are, uh, I just challenge you, determine, decide, I'm going to set some goals for out in the future. I, I told you the story about uh, my, last year my wife decided we need to do vision boards. You ever heard of what a vision board is? And uh, we took and, and got our four, our four kids. We're all home from, from uh, all over the country where they live, and they come home. And, and uh, we got our poster board out, and we got magazines out, and we started planning for how we wanted things to look five years out. And, and, and also in this year. And so we put some things up there, and some things were big, and some things were fairly small, some things were significant, some things not so significant. But we put some things out there to try to give us something to shoot for. And it's important, I think, for us to do that and, uh, and, and have those goals. I, I'm setting goals for us as a church, so, uh, setting goals and things for me and my family and, and my personal life as well. And so I just challenge you to do that. But... One of the things that I asked you to do was take your Bible and, uh, and go before the Lord, take a notepad, a Bible, and a pen, and, and write a list of the things you're thankful for, write a list of things, victories you've won, all right? and, then, and then to write down things that you have need of. You see, God wants us to bring our needs to Him. But our first approach to Him in prayer shouldn't be going to Him with our needs. It ought to be going to Him with thankfulness, with the things He's blessed us with, and it always helps to build our faith if we can remember the victories that we've won. You say, well, been a long time. Don't matter. Remember it. See, that's how David approached Goliath. Remember, he, he remembered the lion and the bear. And he went up against that giant. It was nothing because he remembered his victories. So take those, but then go before the Lord with those needs. And I challenge you over the last couple of weeks to spend that time in prayer and, and ask God to give you, God, what is it that that I need to be believing for. See, we all ought to have something that's, that's bigger than we are, that, that's not easily attained out in front of us to push us. You know, uh, the Bible says He'll bless everything we set our hand to. Deuteronomy 28, it says He'll bless what we set our hand to if we obey the voice of the Lord. Well, I just figured out, I just need to be setting my hand to a lot. I need to give Him something to bless. So I need to be, be working on something, put something out before me. You know, and, and there's a lot of different things it could be. It doesn't have to be financial goals. It, it doesn't have to be uh, material things. But there's some of that that could be in there. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, God wants you blessed and, and enable you to, to walk in this world like you would like to walk in and, and have the things that you'd like to have, as long as they're not harmful to you. Right? We ought, to, we ought to be willing to take everything we have and throw it up there on the altar and say, Lord, what of this do I need? What of this do you, do you want me to have? Because I don't want anything that, that isn't of you. And that, that kind of has been my challenge over the last couple of weeks. But in that prayer time, once we bring those needs to the Lord, I challenged you to help have your Bible, that notebook, and as you pray, you read the Bible, you open the Bible. 
And you allow your words and God's word coming back through you through that word. You pray as a part of your prayer time, pray that word. Now what God will begin to do, He'll begin to speak to you through His word the things you have need. If it's peace... He'll lead you to all kinds of scripture about how He provides peace. If it's wisdom, He'll show you examples in that Word. And when you, when you see those or receive those promises, allow those things to begin to speak to you and then entrust that to God and keep that as a part of your prayer. I, I told you the, the, the story about uh, whenever we were, uh, had left and, and walked away from a, a really nice house uh, this was about the third or fourth house, and I've told you about the one that was before that that was, you know, didn't have, you know, just water cooler and no, no closets and all that kind of stuff. But God did bless us with a, a, a house that was, it was hard to leave because it was, you know, we were young and married. We'd been married about five years, had our oldest kid was like 18 months old, and, and, and we, were, we were just kids. And man, we, we had a three bedroom house with three, bath, two, three bathrooms. Had me a you know place I could walk in, you know, working cattle or whatever, and just take take clothes off back there in the utility room and take a shower back there. And man, it was nice. And we we left that. It also had nice corrals. I mean, we're talking pipe corrals and barns. That was harder to leave than all that house stuff, you know. But 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 I I left that to go go leave that to go into the ministry. And and when we when we went and on the in the ministry, we moved into that little apartment. Well, I'm about to go stir-crazy in this little apartment and living in, in the city, in town. We'd gone back to school at Oklahoma State and over there in Stillwater. And God just dropped that, that, met that word. I, my need was, God, I can't breathe. I'm a country boy. I lived out. I didn't go to even to town a whole lot. I liked being out on the ranch. And, and at that time, God was transitioning some things in me, helping me with some things. But I needed a promise to get me past this need of, God, I'm not griping, but whoo, I can't, don't know if I can live like this. Well, the promise was, if you give up land and houses for my sake, or house and, and family and friends and all these things for my sake in the gospel, that I'll repay now in this time a hundredfold. Houses, land, family, those things. And so God, God, that promise came to me in my time of need, my prayer of need. Now that was a, a promise to me that I held on to. And you know what? It didn't come immediately. And so that's why I challenge you to guard your seed. Let's look at, look at Mark chapter 4. And I, I love this parable of the sower. Jesus has already told it, but now He's explaining it to His disciples. And we'll just jump in right here in Mark chapter 4, uh, verse 13. Uh, in 13 He says, Then Jesus said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Now, he's, he's explaining, he first of all said a farmer goes out to sow. Well, what's he sowing? He's sowing seed. But then he teaches it and he says a farmer sows the word. So what's that make the word? Seed. And what's that make the seed in the parable? The word. So I need to look at the word of God. You know, how many books are in the Bible? 66. How many bags of seed? 66. I mean, that's just a, something I just come up with. <laughs> but if I need seed, I know where to go. Well, see, because what's the, what's the principle behind everything that, from the beginning where God is concerned is seed time and harvest. 
See, God doesn't do things the way the world does things. He does things the way He does things and the, and the principle of seed time and harvest. So I want to sow. Now, let me ask you this. Do you usually harvest where you hadn't sown? You better not, right? You get in trouble. <laughs> we had a house, and, and I was talking about this house, the house we had up there in, in, uh, in Jet, and I said... Acorn trees is pecan trees. I, I got to listen in the back on that sermon. I thought, my wife was like, I was trying to figure out what you were talking about. I said, well, why didn't you correct me? But anyway, pecan trees. Now, I got these pecan trees, and there was like four of them. One of them, a couple of them were paper shell. They were the really good ones. Some of them were natives, and, but I mean, they were just loaded one year. Well, I'm out there picking them, picking them up, you know, taking them. I'm on the way to work, man. I fill my pockets and eat them all day and all that kind of stuff. It was great. Well, I come home one day and I mean, I got these three, three people out there in my yard harvesting my pecans. Well, I didn't, I didn't really know I was renting the house, so I really didn't know, you know, but I was like, what are you doing? They said, oh, we just always stop here and get pecans. I said, Really? Really? Interesting. Did you know that this was now rented by somebody else? In other words, you really don't have that right to. See, I was a little bit offended, even though there was more pecans than I could eat. I was trying to get my kids to start a, a pecan sale business. I mean, I, 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 wanted, I, wanted the, I wanted them to, I mean, there was, there was value there. But see, they were harvesting where they hadn't planted. See, let me ask you something. Where the Word of God is concerned, do we harvest what hadn't been sown in our heart? No, see, where we, where we sow that word in our heart, it's available to us, but we need to be planting. See, because the, the picture is that the man, a man's heart, our, our heart is, is the soil. And if the word of God's the seed, and the word of God is going to produce the answer, the provision, the solution to my problem. See, that's what I learned as a young man. When I, had, couldn't, when I didn't know how to do something, I went to God first. You know, I learned to do that. Now, sometimes he'd send me to an individual. He'd give me a name to somebody to call that would have an answer. You know, I remember when uh, we were first starting and, and, and uh, mom, my dad had been gone and mom had remarried and, and the, the guy that we were, it, we didn't know how to get the wheat. We wasn't getting good wheat stands of wheat. And uh, I was frustrated and we was wanting, you know, to graze cattle and, and, and we wasn't getting, but the neighbor right across the road doing the same thing seemingly but I knew something had to be different. He had a beautiful stand of wheat every year. Well, I'm praying, and the Lord said, go, go help him. He's a good neighbor. And so I went over there. I saw him setting his drills or getting ready to pull in the field and just starting. And I, I shut down what I was doing, and I ran over, and I said, hey, I want to watch you do this. And, and he, he showed me how to set his drill. I, I gained, I gleaned, I, I, I learned how to plant the seed right. And see, that's what we need to do. Go before the Lord in that prayer time and say, Lord, what is the seed? First of all, I, what is the seed I need to sow? And how do I sow it? And how do I protect it? And how do I guard it so that it produces? See, because let's read the rest of this, what this says. He says, the farmer goes to sow the word. And some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. And as soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like, like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word and receive it with joy. But since they have no root, that only, that only lasts, it lasts only a short time. And when the trouble 
and persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others like seed sown among thorns hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. But others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some thirty, some sixty, some a hundred times what was sown. See, when we understand seed time and harvest, you understand if you, if you plant wheat, you take a, a truck and plant a field. But when you get, come to harvest, at least most years, there are years where it doesn't take very many trucks to bring the harvest out, but even on a bad year, you're getting a multiplication of that. Unless it's a total failure, if you've got a harvest, you're, it's going to take trucks. And, and on a good year, you can, you can tr truck after truck after truck, because the way God created, He created to multiply. Well, see, I want, I want the Word of God where that meets my need to come up in my life and produce. So when I go before God in my prayer time, I'm asking God, God, what is it I need to fix this problem? Is it wisdom? Well, there's seed for that. And I need the harvest of Wisdom out of James. He says, if you lack wisdom, ask. You can go to Proverbs and it says, seek wisdom, find wisdom. He teaches us how to, how to find those things. If I, need, uh, if I need to be able to hear God's voice. I mean, there's those promises, those words in there that help to get us the things that we need to protect us or to guide us, or to direct us, or to develop us. And I need to guard my seed. See, he says, he says right there that the first thing that happens when, when the Word of God is sown is that Satan will come and steal the Word. Well, see, the good soil doesn't get it stolen from, but the one that's off by the wayside that has really no set no value on that Word, it, it's not in the right place at the right time, Satan comes immediately to steal the word from those, and it's not going to produce. So I want to guard and make sure that the enemy is not stealing the word from me. Now, how does he steal it? He'll steal it by unbelief. Man, is it hot in here? Whoo, I'm warm, warm, warm. Can you shut those heaters off? Whoo, man, I'm preaching, but I ain't preaching that hard. It is warm. But the way, that, the way that the devil will come to steal is he'll steal through unbelief. I mean, he will, he will challenge us to question. So I always tell people where, you, where the question mark is is where your faith stops. I think it's warm enough. These old blocks are so warm in here it won't even cool off by the time we're done, right? If y'all get cold, we'll turn them back on. But unbelief. How many times have we heard a word and, and we, we, we hear that God provides. God will give you uh, favor in a situation. God will heal. How many times do we hear something like that and immediately we have a thought of unbelief? Well, I tried that once. Well, you know, that's kind of outlandish. See, see let, me, let me challenge you with something. When, when, you, when you read the Word of God, how do you perceive it? Do you perceive it as truth? Or do you perceive it with skepticism? See, the world teaches us in education, and I'm not, I'm not against education, but they teach us to be what? A critical thinker. 
Y'all ever remember that term? I remember teaching us to be a critical thinker. And you know what? Where a lot of things are concerned, we need to be a, a thought, we need to be a thoughtful learner or a critical learner, a critical thinker. We need to think about those things. But where the word of God is concerned, we've got to be careful that we don't allow the enemy to begin to, to bring doubt into even those things that are wild in the in the scripture. I mean, Elisha floating an axe head by sticking a stick in the water. Now, I don't know about you, but that's crazy. That's, that's wild. But you know what? That's building an image of how good God is and how quickly and amazingly He can work in our behalf. Now, we may not need exactly that kind of miracle, but we, it begins to set us up for God doing something that we can't do ourselves. See, when, we, when, we're, when we're in that kind of a light, then we're protecting what God's feeding us, what the Word of God says. See, when, the God, when, when God says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, that He doesn't set limitations on that. Now, it doesn't mean all things and anything is ungodly and unholy, but, but, but things for our benefit and our value, I don't want to limit what God can do. I want to always give God room. So I want to go to that scripture and say, God, I'm not going to allow doubt that God can do all things. My wife challenged me on something. We were looking at, uh, uh, we, we, we challenge one another sometimes. If we, if we want to do something or, or, or you know, and buy, do business, something, buy something, do something, and, and sometimes, you know, one of us is in doubt. I said, well, you know. And she said, no, I can believe God for that, can't you? I went, doggone it, I'm preaching on this kind of stuff tonight. Don't be messing with me. <laughs> See, we, we got to apply this. I got to apply this just like you do. And so whenever, whenever we take the Word of God and, and we begin to hear the Word of God and we begin to hear God doing something amazing for someone else, we don't want to allow the devil to steal the thought that, yeah, but... Yeah, but you know, you're old or you're young or you're uneducated or you're, you don't have any money or you, you don't know anybody. Or, or I mean, I have walked up to a situation where there was no way and God made a way. I could tell you all night long, story after story, of how God made provision when, when there was no way. Why? Because I chose, we chose, my wife and I, to trust God just that way. That doesn't mean we got to get goofy with things. But it means to get, be bold with things and just put your trust in God. See, a lot of times we, we, we want to we we handle everything we can handle and not trust Him with, with everything. See, develop that mindset and that attitude. God, I'm going to trust you. You say, well, you know, this. the doctor says that I've got this and I'm going to have this and this is the end result. And you know what? You can say, you know what? No, I believe I'm going to trust God. I believe that I'm going to be strong when the, if, even if they say I'm, I'm weak. I, I believe that I'm going to have the, the strength of God and those types of things. So go to the Word of God and allow Him to feed you or give you the seed, allow it to put it in your heart and guard it. Don't let the devil steal it. Don't let him steal it by unbelief or by doubt or by condemnation. How many of you ever had the thought of, well, I don't deserve that? Boy, I tell you what, God's image of you is a lot different than your image of you. God's, God's got a higher opinion of some of you than what you do. You need to get God's opinion of you. 
You, you need to just start thinking you're somebody. Just don't think more highly than you ought to think. So that's what Paul said. He didn't say don't think highly of yourself. He just said don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to. Like kidding these guys about getting a big head. You know, we didn't, I teased them about that because I knew I didn't have to worry about that. They got enough hum, 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 they're humble enough that, that I think we can mess with that. We can play with that idea. But see, we want to make sure that we're, we're trusting God and, and, and uh, trusting Him in, in the way that we need to. He goes on, he says, The other seed sown is on rocky places where they hear the word and receive it with joy. But since they have no, no root, they last only for a short time when trouble and persecution comes. Now notice why it came for the word's sake. Again, trying to steal what God put in us to produce the results that are going to supply what we need. See, it's not always money that we need. Sometimes it's the right contact. Sometimes it's favor. Sometimes it's, it's wisdom. You know, it's a, it's a, and, and sometimes, and like I'm teaching on Sunday morning, sometimes it's just not being in time with God. We're ahead of God or we're lagging behind. Let's just get in time with God in His step and then things will begin to fit together. But notice he says... Because there's no root. See, that there's no root because the depth of soil's not there. It's on a rocky place. See, our heart's not prepared. One of the things I preach on as much as anything, we won't get messed up if our heart's right before God. If we're constantly going before God and saying, God, change my heart, shape my heart. Is there something I'm messing up on here? Is there something I'm limiting myself in here? Is there something I'm, I'm limiting you in here in my life and seeing these things happen? Is there something I need to change? Is there something that I need to do? And so as we, as we shape our heart, then God begins to, it begins to soften our heart to allow that word to root down. But notice also it said because of trouble or persecution for the word's sake. Where does persecution come from? People. See, the, the, the people will oftentimes cause us to lose the faith that we have the, the production of the word that we have because people through persecution, through trouble, through, through challenge to that word. You, you ever say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm believing God that this is going to be different. I, I'm believing God that I'm going to be able to do this thing and have family or, or people or, or friends that's, that knock you down for that. You ever had people where you trust God? Now, just where your own faith in, in walking with God is concerned. Trusting God, having people have, try to come to destroy your faith and, and persecute you because of it. See, we can't, we can't, we can withstand that if there's root, if there's a root there. All this rain that we had last spring, yeah, it was nice to have rain, but I don't know about anybody else got any 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 ground, especially in out in the hills south of Nash. There's lots of washes out there now. Boy, it took a lot of topsoil. Took a lot of took a lot of made a lot of cuts in stuff, put a lot of places where, I mean, I could pay for a dozer with all the, all the work that needs to be done, you know, uh, to, to fix all the stuff that's washed out. But you know what? That's kind of the way, that's kind of the way we are sometimes. Those, the persecution, those things come in to try to tear it out. But you know what didn't, we didn't lose? We didn't lose where we had really good Bermuda grass and had good roots, had something to hold that soil in there. And see, that's the way we need to be to guard that word, protect that word, and, and keep people from affecting us and taking us away from the word. The third thing he said there, he says, uh, <clears throat> then he said, 
Still another is a seed sown among thorns, where they hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth or riches, the desire for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. See, there's a whole lot of times we get busy in things that aren't from God. That's why I say we ought to, at the beginning of every year, it'd be a good time to just throw everything on the altar, you know, figuratively, and just throw it up there and say, God, I want the... I want, if, if you could imagine, the fire of God coming down like in Elijah up there on the mountain and just consuming the whole thing. Well, you say, well, what if he consumed the whole thing? Then he's got something even better. That's what I trust in. Man, every time I've given something up, God has never left me without, without something better. Every time we've given or sacrificed or sown or, or, or sold or, 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 or got out of the way of being more important than God. And, and I can just tell you, everything we try to hold on to that's not God's best for us, it's just going to drag us down. So if we can take those things and we, and we put them in in right place. So the worries of life, worries of life, deceitfulness of wealth, or in other words, chasing that, 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 that financial goal. And then the, just the desire of other things. Man, there are so many things in this world that come in to choke the Word. You know, the safest way to protect that is every morning. Make that your number one. Make the Word of God your number one priority. Spending time with God, number one priority. Prayer, number one priority. You say, well, I don't have time. You know what, you know what time can be? It can be a seed sown. I watched it. When I was first starting to do this, I got up early, began to pray, began to seek God. And what did God do? Made my day go so much better that at the end I had way more done than I could have went working 14, 15, 16 hours a day. But all of a sudden, you know, cattle started running in the gate right. You know, tires went flat right by the air tank. Or, you know, or, or on the way to town so I could just pull in the co-op and get them to fix it. You know, instead of out alongside the road. They, you know, I had, I had something happen. You know, things happened in a way that I always, things just mu- happened so much smoother because I had the seed of time and I'm reaping a harvest of blessing on my daily life as I went through things. So I was able to get things going. Things fell into place. See, look at that last one. He says, this is where we want to be. We want, to have, be, we want to be good soil who hear the Word, hear the Word. First of all, we've got to have ears to hear the Word. But then we accept it and it produces a crop. We accept it. You know, the, the King James says, keep it. Guard it. Take care of it. You know, I'll guarantee you, if you're, if you're trying to raise a crop, it could be tomatoes, it could be, it could be you know, your garden, it could be your flowers... Whatever it is, what do you do with that? I mean, my wife, she waters the flowers all the time. Why? She's protecting them. She's keeping them. Boy, I made a mistake. I spray our yard with my four-wheeler sprayer. You know them ones that you plant in the fall and then they grow back, you know? And that last spring, one of them just wasn't coming up. A couple of them just wasn't doing any good. I Man, honey, I don't, you know, I don't know what could happen there. <laughs> She's in here, isn't she? Darn, I'm telling on myself. No, she knew. But, you know, we work on those things, and we care for those things, and we keep those things. And you know what? That's the way we've got to be with the Word of God. In that same way. I mean, man, if you're raising tomatoes, you're watching for bugs. 
If you're not, you end up going out there and going, oh, that didn't work so good. You know, and, and so we got to protect the Word of God as well so that it'll produce in us. And so what it's going to produce. Now, let's, let's look at, let's look real quickly here and we'll kind of close with this as we start this thought in, in, uh, uh, the, the, in chapter 5, verse 21 of Mark. And I'm going to show you how this, how this applies in J. Iris's life. We're going to skip the part with the woman with the issue of blood, but we're going to read through J. Iris's part. It says, When Jesus, verse 21, when Jesus came across by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him. While he was by the lake, the one, one of the synagogue leaders named J. Iris came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come, put your hands on her so that she will, will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. Now there's a couple things I wrote down right there is that we got to realize where Jairus was. Jairus was a leader of the synagogue. He was being told by the Pharisees, don't have anything to do with Jesus. He was risking his job, risking his reputation, putting his family at risk by going to Jesus in the first place. He'd been told not to, and yet, but he was at a point of being desperate. You know, I, I, there's, there's some value in being desperate. When we were in the mountains of, in uh, Costa Rica, we, I ministered up at a church. They heard the, the Americans were coming in. We were going to have a church service. There was a guy and his son walked four days to come to that service. He was desperate because they didn't have anything but a witch doctor or they didn't have any, any, any medication and his son's hand was, was really healed. And he came not thinking that some great preacher was going to be there, I don't think, unless they told him some story because I was just going to be there. But they came with the expectation to be healed and he, he came, he was desperate. Walked four days, four days travel through the mountains to get to that meeting and he comes up and with his hand, the boy's hand had gotten smashed somehow and broken and, and he wouldn't even let me touch it. It was still hurting and God healed that hand as I prayed for him and, and, and he began to work it and he was smiling and gave him pra praise to Jesus. Now see, that was a desperation. See, sometimes, sometimes we just need to be in those places of desperation where we say, God, I appreciate everything else, all other technology, everything else. I appreciate banks and I appreciate people and I appreciate doctors and I appreciate medication. But Father, I'm coming before you. You alone, you're my source. And I think there's something about that. He risked all to go before him, but there was something that's key here. Notice what he said. Please come put your hands on her. Now notice back before that he said, Jairus came when he saw Jesus. He fell at his feet. See, he saw Jesus. It wasn't that Jesus showed up. It was that he'd heard about Jesus. He was in Capernaum right there where Jesus lived. He, he, he would have known Jesus. He would have probably watched from a distance seeing someone healed. He had an expectation. He had the faith set. He was there ready to receive. And when he saw Jesus, he jumped at that chance. He put into operation the seed of... He took the seed of the Word of God that had come as He saw God speak, or Jesus speak, and the works of Jesus happening, and He, he determined what He could believe God for, and he said, he said, I am 
Come to my house, lay your hands on her, and she, and she will be healed. Now notice what happened. In verse 35, we're going to skip the woman with these blood. So they start heading there. But in verse 35, it says, While Jesus was still speaking, some of the people came from the house of Jairus. Now, Jesus was speaking to the woman with the issue of blood, but we're not reading that part. Then the synagogue leader, or, or said to the synagogue leader, came from his house, Your daughter is dead, they said. Now, I circled, they said. In fact, I wrote it out on another place, so it drew my attention to they said. See, because he had already established what his prayer was. See, sometimes we get a banker that says, no, you can't have that property. Sometimes we say, a doctor says, no, you can't have that. Sometimes things happen and we, they come out against that word. I'm trying not to draw too many conclusions. You just fit that into your life. But what does God say? Why He says, why bother the teacher anymore? Now, note, check this out in verse 36. Overhearing what they said, or Jesus, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. Now, in my little margin thing, the other way of of interpreting verse 36, the first part of it is not overhearing what they said, but ignoring what they said. That's a pretty neat deal. So that's the way we got to be sometime with those voices, those, those things that try to steal the seed of the promise of the Word of God that, that God's given us. And he says, he says, don't listen to them. He says, only believe. Don't be afraid, only believe. He did not let anyone follow him. Now check this out. Except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And when they had came to the house of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw the commotion with the people crying and wailing loudly over the death of this girl. And he went in and he said to them, What is all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. That's those people laughing at you for believing God. Laughing at you, questioning you. Oh, you think you're a Christian. Oh, you think you could... Receive your prayers answered. But he says, After he put them all out, he took the child's father, mother, and the disciples who were with him and went into the room and spoke to her, grabbed her by the hand, said to her, uh, Little girl, I say to you, get up. And immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. Now, I, I just want, I got to close, but I want, you to, I want you to hear and receive this. They ha he had a choice. Now listen, I know sometimes our, our prayers are answered differently than what we think. Sometimes we pray and we don't get that immediate answer. But I can also challenge you to take what God says. And if God says it, hold on to that word. Hold on to that word. Don't go with what they said. Go with what God says. If God's promised you something, if God says you can do it, if God said He's going to provide it, then continue to hold on to that word. Guard that seed. Stand and pray. And, and you know what? And, and, and continue to maintain that. You know, in that time of planning for 2020, you may, you may begin to, you may go to God and say, I have this need. I have this pain. I have this ache. I have this, I have this relationship issue. Whatever that is. Make that list. Begin to go before God and say, God, what do you say about this? 
I can tell by the look on a lot of your faces, you, you don't know about some of this. But I can see on a lot of your faces also, it's like, that's right. I'm not going to let the devil steal the word. I'm going to stand on the promise of God. I'm going to go before God, and we don't have to just pull something out of, out of thin air. We go before God and say, God, what do you say? How should I pray? Don't give the devil any ground and allow him to begin to shape those things. As I, as I close, we want to, sometimes what we got to do is shut out the voices, shut out the others, shut out the noise. One of the things that, that we got to do, and you know what? Also, during that time, if things aren't moving, aren't changing, you may need to pray and say, God, am I, do I need to adjust? Do I need to pray different? Do I need to, do I need to go over here and try this? What, what is it that's, that if things aren't moving or aren't changing? But, but determine, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to take your word, and I'm going to follow that word. I believe this word is a seed, and I want it producing in my heart. So as we get ready to close, I just want you to, 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 challenge, it, to, to challenge yourself. To say, Lord, I want the seed of, his, of your word to be put into my heart. So that I can receive. So I can pray bold prayers that only you can answer. That I can, I can expect to live out my days in, in strength and in ways that even the doctors say I can't. That, that, that I'll not settle for less than your best for me, God. And I just trust with you and I'm going to believe with you for good end results. Amen. Let's go before the Lord. Father, we just thank and we praise you that, Lord, as we, as we take this word... That, Lord, we want to put the Word of God as seed in our hearts. And, Lord, as, as we hear the Word, as this Word is sown tonight, Father, I pray that it go into good soil. And, Father, I pray that we'd take this Word and we'd, we'd begin to, to expect for You to reveal to us how this Word works in our lives. So that, Lord, we can come before You with bold prayers. So that we can have, see results in our lives. And so that we can bring back testimony of the goodness of God and how you've provided. Father, I thank you and I praise you that we're going to trust you in our finances. We're going to trust you in our families. We're going to trust you in our, in our uh, emotional needs. We're going to trust you where our physical body's concerned. And Lord, we thank you that you use doctors, you use medications, you use surgery. But ultimately, God, we're, we're, we're entrusting our lives to you to get results even the doctors can't produce. So, Father, for everyone who's believing God for something great in 2020, I pray with them and agree with them to believe you, with, you, with them to believe you for something great. And Father, we just thank you and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.